1: Good morning. Welcome to Justin News AM. I am Carrie Sheffield and glad you're with us. Our thoughts and our prayers are with our friends and family in the Midwest, down in Texas and Kansas, where it's freezing cold and reportedly millions of people are out of power. Oh boy, I have a brother in Dallas and they're just, it's a mess down there. So our thoughts and prayers again are with them and we hope you'll join us in that Today, in better news, though, is National IHOP Pancake Day. And why specifically IHOP? Well, they began this National Pancake Day in 2006, and the purpose is to raise money for charity. And since that day, they have raised close to $30 million for charity. So today, if you find it in your heart, head over to IHOP, and you can make a difference and a good do a, do, a good deed while you are munching on some pancakes. So. I might do that. There's an IHOP not far from where I live. I just might do that. And I hope Bruce might do that as well. Bruce LaValle is joining me this morning. He's a longtime advisor to former President Donald Trump and senior RNC media surrogate. Good morning, Bruce.
2: Good morning, Carrie. Still having a tough time saying former, so I'm just going to say President Trump. Sorry. Sure. I
1: can't do it. I can't do it. I understand. I understand. (laughs) Old habits die hard. So, Bruce, I want to play some sound here. If anybody missed it over the weekend, we're just going to roll this tape real quick.
3: The yeas are 57. The nays are 43. Uh, Two-thirds of the senators present not having voted guilty. The Senate judges that the respondent, Donald John Trump, former president of the United States, is not guilty as charged in the Article of Impeachment, the presiding officer directs judgment to be entered in accordance with the judgment of the Senate as follows. The Senate, having tried Donald John Trump, former President of the United States, upon one Article of Impeachment, exhibited against him by the House of Representatives, and two-thirds of the senators present, not having found him guilty of the charge contained therein, it is therefore ordered and a judge that the said Donald John Trump be and he is hereby acquitted of the charge in said article.
1: And there it is. That is the second time now that Trump has been acquitted by the Senate. And a lot of people are now asking what is going to be happening next. Our founder, John Solomon, wrote a piece at JustTheNews.com asking this very question and looking at some of these options former President Trump says our historic, patriotic, and beautiful movement to make America great again has only just begun. In the months ahead, I have much to share with you. What does he have to share with us? What's he going to do, Bruce? Give us the tea leaves.
2: Hey, coming to a theater near you.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs)
2: Listen, America First movement is alive and well, and just literally just begun, like he said. So, you know, I'm still kind of perplexed. I'm wondering uh, why in the world would our great nation go through this? I don't know what kind of trial you want to call it, call it, Carrie. It's just amazing. My, my second year law student child was still texting me like, "Dad, are they serious?" I said, "You know," and I told my Democrats friend, Carrie, I said, "Be careful. This could be you." So, you know, if you're just going to throw anything up against the wall on the term impeachment, well, I thought he said, or I thought she said, well, it looked like he said, so those are grounds for impeachment. This is scary stuff for the American people. We got to really get back on track and get our country back and our, you know, listen, COVID that's going on right now, Carrie. This, this I said this in your show before, I still have several of my business colleagues, and I told you two had to file chapter seven, not chapter 11 or 13, and trying to get some normalcy back in their business, get their businesses, their customers flowing back through these small businesses. Meanwhile, we're up here spending weeks over a fake impeachment trial. This is what bugs me more than anything where we're putting our nation's business. But Kerry, in light of this, like I said, 2022 is coming. And what 2022? All America Voice viewers out there, pay attention to who's going to go on that ballot. Find you some good candidates out there that challenge some of these House seats so you can get some good, strong—watch this—working class people that want to run for these seats and take these seats and do the people's business, Carrie.
1: That's really interesting what you just said. Working class. Do you think that's been part of the problem with the Republican Party in the past decades, and that's part of why Trump was successful about getting more African American and Latinos into the party because he focused on working class?
2: Well, here we go. This is going to hurt some feelings of some of my brothers out there and sisters. But President Trump had the best, and I'm going to brag about it because, you know, we started this movement, the coalition, back in 2015, the largest multicultural diversity coalition in Republican candidates' history. Carrie, you saw the results in the minority votes in terms of 14 percent black votes turned out in 2020, 41 percent Latinos, 30 plus percent Jewish Americans, we just shattered all these records. But let me tell you something. Have these other senators across this great nation and con- congressional pe- people there on the ticket, have they embraced this type of movement that the president had to reach out and say, what the heck do you have to lose and go aggressively out in communities that were never really, you know, well, I say in four years, the Democrats go out there and say, hey, can I have your vote? I'll see you back in four years. President Trump ran out there and, and he reached and he grabbed that voter block. A lot of these folks, and I'm going to throw my state of Georgia here. They didn't do what he did. They they kind of put some window dress. So yes, Kerry, the answer to your question is there hasn't been, the, uh, should I say, a real outreach, minority engagement plan in the history of the United States, not in the Republican Party, but not better than Donald Trump. And, and I'm sorry. I hope they take his playbook, Kerry, in 2022, 20 because listen. If you don't watch this on your show, if you don't put the America First movement on your agenda, I don't care if you're running for city council, state house, state rep, America First agenda, and you don't really go out and embrace all cultures in your community and go out, carry and go on some of the networks and go on some of the urban radios and ask for the vote. We have a great record, but you can't dance around and put window dressing on it and just think you're going to just, you know, go with your little base and think you're going to win, that dog's, as they say in Georgia, that dog's not going to hunt anymore, Kerry. It's over. So well it's I interesting hope it's a, a
1: it's a lot of policy things like funding historic funding for historically black colleges and universities criminal mm-hmm. justice reform a focus on opportunity zones for black owned businesses there's a lot of policy that attracted the substance uh really attracted a lot of black voters and we're here in black history month and president trump made history with black voters so mm-hmm. um bruce we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna come right back with more with bruce lavelle including the fact We're gonna talk about primaries. Is this gonna be a big thing within the Republican Party? Is there gonna be primarying both from the right and more from the left side of the Republican Party? We're gonna break that down with Bruce Laval. Stay tuned.
4: Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes.
2: There really is no place like home.
4: And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place.
1: Hey there. Welcome back to Just the News AM. I'm Carrie Sheffield. We love our viewer feedback. Every day I put out a question and then the next day, the next show day, I put out the responses that I get, only the best ones. So I asked, what advice would you give to Trump's impeachment trial team on Friday? And we had a congressman joining us. Here's what you all had to say. Claudia Cloud9 Goddess says, prove intent. When have any rallies of Trump's ever been violent? None. Was the riot going on before Trump finished speaking as I've heard it was? If fight is a dangerous word, then what about coaches and cheerleaders, fight songs, fighting cancer, fighting grief? Hitler banned words, too. Mr. X says, my advice, don't say stupid stuff. Don't talk about Trump's speech before the riot. Don't talk about how Trump did nothing to stop the rioters. That's it. Case closed. Hashtag Teflon Don. Gene Cooper says, even though this term speaks for their client, President Trump, they also speak for me. Even though this team, excuse me, speaks for their client, President Trump, they also speak for me. I, like 74 million plus voters, were all in all the time with their client, and they also represent me. Speak up. Use the time up. It puts into the congressional record the truth about November 3rd, 2020. Do it. Now, Gene brings up an interesting point here about the fact that millions and tens of millions of voters believe that President Trump still speaks for them and that former President Trump has a lot of sway on the Republican Party. Joining me again is Bruce Laval, a top Trump surrogate. Bruce, what is former President Trump going to do next?
2: Well, first of all, let me just put this back on the record for everyone that's watching this. Uh, Nikki Haley, everybody else out there, Whatever y'all are saying, whatever you're trying to do, Mitch McConnell, listen here carefully on the Kerry Sheffield show right here. President Trump is the leader of the Republican Party right now as it stands, quote, period. Do not do not get confused with that. I just want to make that clear. And there's a reason why you said early in the segment, 75. Well, it's probably more, but we'll get to another debate on the real actual count. But we know that at least 75 million people voted for him. And yes, we did talk about earlier in the segment about how how he, he resurrected the uh, African-American vote, and minority vote into record numbers and to speak about generational wealth and, and underserved communities and opportunity zones. The list goes on. So therefore, as I say, I don't see anybody else out there with that record, Gary. So not to since say 1960. This, this, is, this is where we're headed. This right here, this this winning platform that he's just like you said, we got a lot to we got a lot to accomplish and we just begun.
1: All right, so let's talk about Adam Kinzinger, because he's a Republican congressman, sixth term out of Illinois, and 11 members of his own family have written a letter basically throwing him under the bus and saying, hey, look, Adam, you don't speak for us. And they said you're being dishonorable to the Kinsinger name by voting for impeachment. Not only impeachment, he's also creating a pack, And he says he wants to primary Republicans. He says he wants to primary Republicans so he can get Trump out of the party and leave Trump behind. What do you think is going to happen here with Adam Kinzinger? And why would his family do this?
2: Gary, there's one thing I want to touch on this that the president made very clear in 2015 to all the viewers here. You have to remember a, mo- a, a lot of, most of, not all, but most, the majority of a lot of these sitting Congress pre- people as well as Senate people, they they were birthed through through PACs and pay to play as they, they, as they got their seats. So their master, and I always say, follow the money, you'll find the master of who's really pushing and telling he or she what to do, how to vote. No matter how crazy it looks, whatever. And listen, you saw the holier than thou Lincoln Project went out there like we are the real Republicans. We we know what's right. And you saw the turmoil and the pedophilia that they had in their ranks and all the craziness going on. But you know, Bruce, what's funny is that a lot
1: of people uh, said that it was a birthday gift to former President Abraham Lincoln, who passed away (laughs) or was born uh, on the very day uh, when it seems that the Lincoln Project imploded.
2: Yeah. But, you know, it gets back to this, too. You got to pay very close attention to the groups of people who are trying to create the narrative, which is the special interest. the lobbyists, as well as the folks that are, are do campaigns. You know, people who run campaigns always like to go find someone that's wealthy and say, hey, you'd be a great candidate. You should run. Yeah, because you want them to sell fun and make some money. And, and you know, Margie Green just t- tweeted this yesterday. I've been saying this for years, even when I ran for Congress years back, is that you've got to As I say, cut the umbilical cord off, Kerry, with the pay to play and the candidate so you can get a person that will go in there and serve the people's business and not be beholding. And I guarantee you, on on Adams, those letters, their family members, I guarantee you, everybody watch this. If you go in there and research this FEC filings and follow this man's money, you will find who's telling him what he had to do. And if you cut yourself off and you get a candidate in there, he or she that can go in there and do the people's business that's not beholding to what that special interest tells. you'll get a great candidate. It's going to be a little bumpy and uncomfortable because you will get the absolute gospel when they tell you something about your district or when they fight for you in Congress, where they're not being pulled over here. Wait, Wait a minute now. Don't say that now because remember, we got to get this bill passed. So we need you to be a team player. That's what's going on. That's why I've said, Kerry, watch 2022. this this drain the swamp is not just the presidency, it's city council, state house, it's the governorship. It's all over the country. And America, this is your chance. So let don't get all doom and gloom because President Trump's not sending Oval Office. He said we just begun. He said we, we. He didn't say me, we, we, we the people by the people. So this is what I'm very uh, excited and optimistic about 2022. Some of these ballots, they're going to be challenged because we're going to get these viewers that watch your news show right here, turn to your neighbor and says, you know what? You're a great business person. I think you should run for that city council seat. I think you should run for that state house seat. I think you should run for Congress. I think you should run for Senate. Those are the people, ladies and gentlemen, that this movement is birth through. Think about it. Look at all the great Congress folks that made it in the past uh, November 4th, 11 Congress people that went in that America first uh, Congress ticket as I call it. Burgess Owens in Utah. My friend Donald's down in Florida. You know, Marjorie Green. All these you, you, look, hey, I, look, this is only gonna get bigger and better. So we just gotta stay strong and stay like, you know, be diligent. Don't
1: get all caught right, up Bruce, in all let's that talk about doom about this, and gloom. this though. Let's talk about Big this. Pardon? Let's talk about Mitch McConnell because Mitch McConnell, who is the Republican leader in the Senate, he reportedly is not ruling out getting involved in Republican primaries. He says he's open to becoming involved to improve the GOP's chances of retaking the majority in the upper chamber after losing it this year. He told The Hill that the effort involves getting candidates who can actually win in November, adding that may or may not involve trying to affect the outcome of the primaries. So let me play the other side here, Bruce, and say, okay, well, Georgia, for example, that was the Senate. The Senate was lost and Trump was down there pushing really hard for these Republican candidates and they lost. So what's to say Mitch McConnell's wrong here to say, okay, let's get people who can win, whether or not they are backed by Trump, whether or not they have the MAGA agenda, it's more important to get someone who can win.
2: I don't know if putting his name on an endorsement is going to help, Mitch. you know, putting Mitch McConnell's name as an endorsement. Listen, I've said this earlier in your segment. The reason why David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler lost this Senate seat, there are 38-plus percent African-Americans, black Americans that live in Georgia. I didn't see any strong, aggressive black outreach plan Especially going out in these urban markets and these urban radios and these urban stations and going out there and selling the great success, watch this, of the president's agenda on America First, fastest growing black business owners in his, in his tenure as president, true fact, out of 30.6 million uh, small businesses, we make up 64% of the GDP, Kerry, I'm one of them. Number All right, Bruce, two, they oh, should have H- been listening HBCU. to you. They, they should have been listening to you, Bruce.
1: All right, Bruce, we got to run. We'll be right back with an NBC anchor with a new book.
4: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall.
1: Good morning and welcome back here to Just the News AM. I am Carrie Sheffield and glad that you're with us on this Tuesday morning in this cold winter season. Again, our thoughts and our prayers are with all of those who are suffering in the cold uh, down in Texas and in Kansas. Please stay warm, be wise, and we are with you. Uh, I want to bring in now Richard Louie. He's an NBC and MSNBC journalist and breaking news anchor. And he's the author of the brand new book called Enough About Me. The Unexpected Power of Selflessness. He's also the director of a documentary called Sky Blossom, Diaries of the Next Greatest Generation. So Richard, tell us about this book. Give us the backstory here.
0: Yeah, you know, Carrie, and, and thanks for uh, reaching out. It, the, the, the whole thing that started this is seven years ago when you and I used to see each other more often uh, doing some story important stories on politics, which you cover on your show daily. And I had to start taking care of my dad so I walked into my boss's office and, you know, our jobs are 24 7. And I actually walked in and I thought, you know, this could be the end of a, a long sort of news career, not long, but in terms of it, it's not easy, right? It's, it's a long journey to, to become a, a journalist and, and to get where we're at. And, and she said instead, I tell you what, I'm a long distance caregiver too, because I was flying from New York to San Francisco. That was going to be the journey. Uh, and she said, I'm taking care of my mom in Florida, flying from New York to Florida. And, and so then began this sort of flying two or three times a month to take care of my dad who has Alzheimer's. And um, what, a, what, what, if you will, and what, what generosity that, that she gave me to do that. And that led to this book of Enough About Me. And, and in the book, I do talk about how helping my father uh, lived through a very difficult disease taught me a lot. Um, sometimes we think that our our loved ones who can no longer talk, for instance, my dad stopped talking about a year and a half ago, uh, don't teach you anymore, and uh, he still does uh, in many different ways. And I discuss that in the book. And but then I try to make it practical, uh, Carrie, because the issue is, you know, you can you can talk way up here for a long time that puts people to sleep.
1: Right, right. Well, and I I think what I love, even just about your whole concept, just enough about me, we're in the me Too dinner, you know, the the hashtag, you know, give it's all about me. It's all about social media. It's about the hashtags. It's about the selfie generation. And this is the opposite of what you're saying. You're saying enough about me, enough of the selfie generation. and and what you did with your documentary is really interesting and kind of flips the stereotype on its head about young people who are caring for their parents and a note here from AERP said that in total there are 24.5 million children and millennials who care for the nation's disabled veterans and other adults Uh, and so that's what you did with Sky Blossom where you said these are a lot of unsung heroes who are taking care of their parents and it really takes that and again, flips it on its head to say enough about me.
0: Thank you for saying that because, you know, I was a young person at one point too, and they look, people used to say to me, you know, you're so selfish, Richard, your your, your generation doesn't know what it's doing. Every generation goes through that. And so it's too easy to make these stereotypes. And in Sky Blossom, we focus on five students age 11 to 26 in millennial families as well that are caring for their military family, whether it's a, whether it's a, a grandfather or a mother or a father, and they are care heroes, because you know they, they go to school, right, Carrie? And they just want to be accepted, and then they come home, and they have a totally different job. And they're 11 to 26 years old. They're, they're very, very young. And that's the idea here, is that the idea of selflessness, if we're living through a selfish pandemic, that this is clearly what might be an antidote. And we can see it in these young children. In the book, I talk about how some of these stereotypes around millennials and those who are younger are incorrect and correct at the same time, right? We just can't paint one color over any group of people. And what we show in Sky Blossom and in the book is that when you look into the stories across America, whether it's the Midwest and the South, East and West, Pacific Islands, that we all may be different but we we share that one thing and that is that we can give of ourselves and in the book i I say it's the anti-self self-help book and try to be practical because sometimes when we talk about these things carrie it's it's always like you have to be mother teresa right or desmond tutu uh and and you and i that'll be difficult you can do it but it's really difficult it's way above my pay grade in the book uh we really try to say these are the little things you can do every day.
1: Yeah, it's, it's all about those values. And I want you to talk, Richard, just a little bit about because, you know, our audience is very conservative. I'm a conservative. And a lot of conservatives think of a place like NBC and MSNBC in New York City where you live as kind of godless uh you know lacking in values that was something that came up during the republican debate when it was ted cruz talking about new york values and then you had the the epic response from president trump saying that was the spirit of 9 11 to come together as a country but but i want to talk about faith because your father was a pastor and he was a christian pastor i believe his presbyterian talk about faith and how faith has guided you and your family and your father during this journey of illness
0: you and i've done a lot of tv together carrie and i don't think we've ever talked about faith and it's just it's a little weird for me uh i grew up as a pastor's kid and you know what the stereotype of what we are uh but you know i i rejected it in the beginning and and it's really weird for me to talk about faith but i do it in the book and the, the idea is that and i think that we we share a similar journey in many ways is uh you want perfection but there isn't perfection and that's okay And so the idea of of faith and life and and what we do and and that journey is is everybody's and it's your own. And so for me, it was certainly imperfect, uh, way imperfect, but I do believe that my father's faith and his love of studying the Bible every day, uh, his love of God in the end, affected all of his children in ways that I don't think He may understand right now, but I think at the end of the day, he's feeling pretty good. Uh, So, for instance, one of the things that we never thought we'd be doing, Carrie, to help my father work through Alzheimer's, he's in year seven. Year seven tends to be the end of the journey. But my father, even though he can't talk and eat, and he'll, 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 you can tell when he's, you know, listening to you because he'll track with his eyes. Uh So So, what we do is we read a chapter of the Bible to him. And guess what happens after about five minutes? In he tracks, and it's, it's, I'm not, it's that's way above my pay grade, but it's working. Uh, he's hearing my voice, he's hearing words that mean a lot to him. It's talking about a faith that he has committed his life to, and um, it it is really something else about how faith in in news. I, I think that's where we started by talking. Is not necessarily always fitting together, but it doesn't need to fit perfectly, and it it, it won't. Um, and and let's not you know say one thing or other. Only that you and I both know it's part of many of our lives, and and whether we talk about it or not, is our is a tough choice. And it's so it's, it's very strange for me to even say this uh, 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 on TV. So. Uh, You got me, Carrie, Uh, but (laughs) but I'm talking about it in the book uh, for for the first time.
1: Sure. Well, Richard, I appreciate you talking about it here, and I have no doubt that the big guy up there is looking out for your dad and that he is honoring your dad uh, through you and the work you're doing as well. So Richard Louis, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Thank you, Carrie.
1: And make sure to check out his book again. It's called Enough About Me, The Unexpected Power of Selflessness. And also the director of Sky Blossom, Diaries of the Next Generation. All right, stay tuned, folks. We've got Mitch Rochelle. He's the founding partner of Macro Trend Advisors talking about the economy. Stay tuned.
4: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find
2: a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car.
1: Hey there, welcome back to Just the News AM. I'm Carrie Sheffield and I'm glad that you're with us. So Mitch Rochelle is founding partner of Macro Trends Advisors, expert in all things economy, and he joins me this morning. Hey there, Mitch.
5: Good morning, Carrie.
1: So let's talk about what's happening. You tweeted this out. You said the VIX is a measure of stock market volatility. Hashtag the fear gauge is trending down, suggesting the market will move up without much drama. So is this part of, because we have a verdict here that former President Trump has been found acquitted, and we have some stability here.
5: Yeah, the, the thing, and, and market analysts like myself say this all the time, so it sounds trite, but the thing that the market doesn't like is uncertainty. And whenever you sort of take away something that's hanging over the market that's uncertain, we had the in post-election uh, situation, which, which sort of ended in the president's acquittal over the weekend uh, this red herring which i talked about last time i was on which is the the reddit crowd and gamestop and all of that um sort of market shenanigans as soon as you delayer that the other thing that happened is we went through the fourth quarter earnings season without many surprises so if you look at it the market is a forward-looking vehicle it's relatively optimistic about the economy for the balance of 2021 uh so fear has sort of left the market the VIX, which is a highly complicated um, option contract situation. But if you sort of look at it just on what it is, it's a measurement of fear. And when it goes down, it means that there's less fear. So it is a bullish sign for the rest of the year. And uh, I think that that's a good thing right now because, you know, we need good news in this country.
1: Mm. So you mentioned the GameStop. What's next? Do you think we're going to see this again? Are we going to see Main Street going after the hedge funds again? If so, tell us which one so we know. Let's break it here. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah. I, I don't know that I could pick the stock, although uh, they haven't gone away. I think those online trading platforms like Robinhood that uh, let you buy one share without a commission, I think that they've now working really, really hard to figure out how to handle the next time that happens. Because there was a story within a story there when uh, Robinhood and some of those other platforms were not letting their uh, customers buy more stock, um, which really let some of the folks who wanted to get out of the stock get out. Um, I don't think that we're going to see that scenario again because they built the plumbing to be able to handle the surge. But I do think that the Main Street, um, this is sort of Occupy Wall Street with money. If you think about what happened over a decade ago when when a bunch of millennials went down to Zuccotti Park and sort of spent took it over. Uh, They did it this time, but they did it with real money. And some of that money is coming from the stimulus checks, believe it or not, that people are getting. So Mm -hmm. I think that the the demand is there. I think the willingness to be disruptive is certainly there. So we'll see it again. There was a potential scare in the commodities market when we saw silver sort of behaving the same way that we saw GameStop behaving. Uh, That didn't last very long. Uh, But I think we're gonna see it again. And if I could tell you which stock it was, I'd whisper it to you because I'd be buying it myself.
1: (laughs) All right. What's your take on the uh, last week? We've been talking a lot about cryptocurrency. What do you think is happening? I mean, Bitcoin is shooting up. You see Elon Musk buying 1.5 billion in cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin. Is this basically a vote against the US dollar? Are people kind of fleeing because they see instability here and they're looking for something as an alternative? Is that why Bitcoin is so popular? Another guest was talking about Ethereum. You know, is is this the future in part because people are saying, hey, you know, look at all this debt. Look at these deficits. Look at what the U.S. government's doing. And now Joe Biden wants to forgive. You know, some Democrats are saying up to 50000 of student debt, uh, which a lot of people say is unfair. But just looking at the, the debt load here, is this why we're seeing such an increase in these cryptocurrencies?
5: Uh, yeah, in part. Um, and, and the thing to remember is, and by the way, last fr- Friday night, I, my mother-in-law, I'm down in Florida, asked me the same question. So I got to rehearse my <laughs> answer. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, let's think about why uh, cryptocurrencies were created in the first place. There was this distrust of central banks and why they didn't like central banks. Is central banks have the ability to print money. Um, so they didn't like that. So they wanted to basically have a currency that was locked in a box that prevented more from just being printed to devalue the currency itself. So there are many cryptocurrencies. You mentioned two of them, Bitcoin being probably two thirds of the, the market capitalization of, of cryptocurrencies. The other thing, but the real reason for the rise of late. Uh, so I think the, the I'm gonna say speculation and then I'm gonna get hate mail. The speculation in it um, drove a lot of the rise. Uh, a lot of the speculation came from people who believe that dollar, Uh, The euro, the yen, the yuan are inherently flawed because those central banks can print money. But the other reason is there's this legitimization, if that's a real word, of crypto. When Elon Musk bought $1.5 billion worth of it uh, to have a cash, uh, not CASH, but to have a store of of Bitcoin so that they could transact using Bitcoin. We saw banks. We saw Bank of New York last week. Added to its list of uh, assets that they could have customers accumulating wealth in. Um, those banks need to, and the Office of the Controller of the Currency last week actually blessed that taking place. When banks start to buy it because they need it, because their customers are demanding that they want to transact using it or uh, accumulate wealth in it, then we've legitimized it. And the fact that we're legitimizing it by having big money center institutions using it, that means they have to acquire it. It's putting more demand on it. There's a fixed amount of supply. It's going to drive the price up. So I think we're going to see this trend of uh, Bitcoin being legitimized. Uh, it's going to keep the price high, and people are buying into it, driving that price even higher. Uh, so it's it's very interesting. Uh, don't know how long uh, the rally is going to last, but it's interesting.
1: All right, Mitch Rochelle, founding partner, Macro Trends Advisors. Thanks so much.
5: All right, good to see you.
1: Good to see you, and stay with us. We have Harriet McDonald. She's the co-founder of The Doe Fund, talking about the legacy of Alex Trebek. It's very special. Stay tuned.
6: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Hey there, good morning and welcome back here to Just the News AM. I am Carrie Sheffield and glad you're with us. Well, November 8th of last year, the world lost an icon. Alex Trebek, we knew and loved him from the TV show Jeopardy. He passed away But now his legacy is living on through his wardrobe so you probably saw his wonderful sometimes he would wear you know the the double-breasted suit always looked so classy class act and what happened with his wardrobe well it turns out his son has decided to donate it to a charity and this charity is called the doe fund and they put out a tweet here and the quote is from one of the trainees it says i made a big leap in my life and i feel good about it Did you see our trainees? So the wardrobe here was given to the Doe Fund, and what the Doe Fund does is they help men who are just coming out of prison or they're homeless Or they're really struggling they help them with job training and they help them turn their lives around reunite with their families and start a new chapter in their lives and the dauphin put out the statement they said we are so thankful for this generous donation this support is so crucial to the men we serve who we provide the career training and work experience to find steady employment but are too often in need of professional attire a huge thank you to the trebek family so the wardrobe ensembles included 14 suits 58 dress shirts and 300 neckties and joining me this morning is harriet mcdonald she's the co-founder and president of the doe fund good morning harriet good morning and i should let our viewers know that you co-founded this with your late husband george mcdonald who just passed away a few weeks ago and so we want to honor him george mcdonald thank you so, Harriet. I
4: know he'd appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you very much. We
1: love him and, and you and, and the work that you're doing. So, um, Harriet, how did you first hear the news about this
4: donation from the Trebek family? Um, I heard it from Matt Trebek, which, of course, is Alex's son. And then I heard from Jean Trebek, his wife. And I can't tell you what a difference it makes in the men we serve's lives. One of the scariest parts of graduating from Ray Williams, which requires a job to pay your own rent and pay child support to your children, is the last phase. When the men start to do people and corporations and their interviews for jobs before the real.
1: So these men are able to use these suits to obtain employment.
4: Yes, for jobs, for full time employment. When they put on. They feel confident. They feel like they look like everyone else applying for jobs. And when they start their new job in an office, in a hospital, they have the clothes to do it and not look different than
1: And I should let our viewers know that when they're doing these these job interviews as you mentioned these are for jobs to be in an office while they're doing this during this process for viewers if they don't know these same men are a lot of them are coming out of prison or they're coming off the street they're going through rehab but they're also working they are working so i lived in new york for a long time and they call them the men in blue and they line the streets of New York, a lot of times they're mopping up, they say it's about pushing the bucket, or they clean up litter and trash on the streets of New York City, and it teaches them consistency, it teaches them work ethic, and then they get paid, and it really brings that discipline into their life, and this is the next step to allow them to have a job where they can earn even more, and be in a professional setting, and get even a white collar job, potentially.
4: Yes. And um, what we, there's been a huge movement in this country around housing first for homeless people. My husband and I have always said that for the vast majority of homeless and formerly incarcerated men, the real answer is that work first works. People don't want to be given a free apartment and never join the workforce or live a normal life. But, you know, everybody has hopes and dreams. And our men want to be fathers of their children because to that point, when they come to us, they don't have a positive legacy. They haven't been positive role models. So they're particularly invested in being the fathers that they themselves never had, And that requires you to go go to work, pay taxes, have a purpose in life, and support your children. I think that in this moment when we're, the Band-Aid is ripped been ripped off and we're all looking at racial injustice in a different way and economic justice as well. The real way to create that for our poorest men is to have them become fully independent. We will never be able to support every homeless person
1: in taxpayer.
4: right, finance. Right.
1: Harriet, I know, I know a lot of our viewers agree with you 100%. Thank you so much, Harriet yes. McDonald, for joining us. We'll be right back.
6: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
1: so to close the show i just want to give a word of encouragement that is my birthday cake that was from this weekend on saturday i was able to bring together a few friends and we met at a local restaurant and bar in a hotel in virginia where i live and i have to say first of all this is birthdays in the time of the pandemic. You can see we're spaced out. We did walk in with masks. Some people are wearing masks. You can't see them with their backs to us even when they're inside. But the thing about this party is I'm just glad it happened. It wasn't the wildest of parties and it was also in the middle of an ice storm. But at the end of the day, we went ahead and had it because I said, gosh darn it, I don't want COVID to continue to control my life and dominate my life and shut everything down. Over across the river in D.C., most restaurants are either entirely shut down for indoor dining. There are some folks who are braving the elements, eating in these bubbles outside. I said, nope. We're not doing it. We're going to be inside. We're going to have this party even though it's freezing cold outside and it's the middle of a pandemic. Yes, we're going to be wise. Yes, we're going to take precautions. Yes, we're going to honor all of the health codes, which we did. But at the end of the day, we went ahead and did it. And I'm so glad we did. And we had community. We came together. And so where there's a will, there's a way. And no matter what you're going through, if it's a family gathering or just some time to be together with the people that you care about, I hope you will do it and you will do it no matter the obstacles because it's so important. It's the same with our churches and our houses of faith across the country. We wish you the best. All right, that does it. We'll see you tomorrow.